The following podcast is sponsor content from Umqua Bank. Welcome to Open Account, where we get honest about making, losing, and living with money. I'm Sujin Park. Conversations about money, culture, power, class, it's at the center of my identity. Um, and I think it's a combination of being born to immigrant parents, growing up relatively poor, and really living in a world where formal institutions like banks and anywhere that you had to sign a contract was really feared and avoided at all costs, not only because of the language barrier, but because it was a very foreign concept to them. You know, they came from a country where that wasn't the norm. It was a very confusing and scary thing for all of us, which, of course, leads to my own relationship with money. Given that background, you can only imagine the huge mistakes I've made growing up Nobody taught me how to use a credit card. You know, I bought a car that haunted me for the next 15 years of my life because I didn't really have anyone to teach me financial literacy. I think that there's a huge cultural shift happening around us when it comes to money and talking about money. But still, I think that there's a lot of shame and confusion and guilt. And people will talk about money in the general sense, but not in the specific sense of like, well, where'd you fail? Where'd you succeed? How'd you do it? Give me the nuts and bolts. I was excited when Umqua Bank approached me. They're a community bank, and they wanted to have a different conversation about our relationship to money. Together, we've created this podcast to focus not on generic financial tips or contracts or economic advice, things I don't know a lot about, but on the realities of life and money. For the first episode, we decided to go with someone who is possibly having some of the craziest, wildest, and most intense conversations about money in his life. I'm talking today with Myers Leonard. He's an NBA player for the Portland Trailblazers. With the 11th pick in the 2012 NBA draft, the Portland Trailblazers select Myers Leonard from the University of Illinois. Man, if you ever wanted to talk about extreme wealth and poverty, talk to a professional athlete. From the Illini's head. Difficult circumstances in his life. His father was killed in a bicycle accident when he was six. It led to a lot of instability at home, a lot of difficult times. Family, friends took in Myers. Hi, Myers. I'm Sue Jen. Nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you. Come sit. Thank you. Um, just hold oh, on boy. a second. Let me... This is, this is awesome. I mean, I can see you on TV. You're like little tiny little guy. <laughs> on Twitter, you're like, oh hey, what's up? Oh yeah. I'm reading this fun stuff. And then in person, you're like, hey. This being his first NBA contract, worth about nine million dollars, having just turned 23 this year and fresh off of his honeymoon, we thought, well, if anyone is having an interesting conversation about money right about now, it probably is Myers Leonard. I guess I want to start off with when is the last time that you had a conversation about money, and it could have been something big or small. You're well, first at, of all, I didn't even mean I didn't have a text. I wanted oh, to see what time like, it was. Oh, oh, it's cool. actually my my wife Facetiming me. Uh-huh. It's too bad. Oh, take it. No, no, no. I told her, I told her I was going to be busy. <laughs> Forty five minutes ago, I was on the phone talking about money. Uh-huh. You know, it was more you know setting yourself up for the future, understanding risk management. You know, I'm trying to think at 23. I don't even think risk management was in my vocabulary. Well, luckily for me, I've had people step into my life at the right time. You know, my father passed when I was six. I was lucky enough to have someone step in as kind of like a fatherly figure, more on the side of things of going to church, you know, being a good man, knowing right from wrong, et cetera. And then 
I had a coach who really kind of took the reins and helped me understand the basketball side of things and all of that. But he was a fatherly figure as well as sometimes talking to me about money, talking yeah. to me about life. Just, and this is like your high school coach? Or no, now coach? this is oh, you... my NBA coach. Oh, wow. Um, really getting personal. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I talk to him all the time. Yeah. It's extremely important in, in my eyes from day one when I started making the money that initially I came to the NBA to help my family, help mm-hmm. my friends, help establish mm-hmm. a future for my wife and I mm-hmm. and our kids, et cetera, you know, to understand that, you know, there's a reason, I mean, there has to be a reason why, you know, whatever it is, it's 75 or 80% of NBA guys go broke. Yep. You know, a lot of these guys come from struggling situations similar to me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to establish something that would last a lifetime as far as my money being invested in understanding that it's about the future. It's not about right now. You know, everything for me is based on love and loyalty. That's just that's just the way I am. Mm-hmm. Where does that come from, the love and loyalty? Number one, the struggle uh, early. How, as financially, like, what was it like? I mean, before even your father passed. From what I know, we were we were comfortable. My dad was a golf pro at, at the local uh, country club. Mm-hmm. You know, my mom had a pretty good job and everything like that. And, but really, once my dad passed and my mom kind of had back problems and they just continually got worse. So it was tough. I mean, as a kid, I suppose it's probably a little different. If it was now and I was going through it, it would probably be a lot different experience. But, you know, as a kid, I, I can remember just always thinking like, man, that, you know, that kid has on the coolest shoes or the coolest hoodie. And it was never envy. It was never jealousy. It was just like those kids are like, they, they got to be the cool crew. You know, luckily for me, I was pretty good at sports. You know, I became a fairly popular kid just based upon that. So I think... You know, for me, that was where I really was able to meet people and everyone just kind of took me under their wing. So you had said when your father passed, things took a turn financially. And then also your mother kind of having these physical problems Mm. all at the same time. Could you describe what that was? I mean, it was was tough. Like I said, it was never envy, but it was, you know, we lived in a tiny house and I can remember that like the paint was chipped off the side of the house. I wasn't embarrassed, but... I wouldn't have the coolest stuff to wear to school, but it, it just kind of was what it was. So looking back as an adult, I see that a lot of my financial decisions were driven by fear. Even though you're not able to articulate it as a six-year-old, you know, I think that that fear, you know what that is. That's like For imprinted sure. in your subconscious. So I guess my question there is, is do you think a lot of your financial decisions today are driven by fear? I think fear is a decent word for it. You know, I never want to go back to that. My brother was a little older, so he felt a a little more than I did. He had to go to the Marines because, you know, he didn't want to do the whole college route. That would have just plummeted all of his money. Mm -hmm. I I think fear makes sense. Yeah. You know, money isn't everything, but it it certainly makes things easier. Mm -hmm. You know, I I constantly want to take care of everybody, uh, which is sometimes at a fault. You know, my wife gets mad at me trying to help too many people out. You know, when it comes to my family, like, I feel such a strong sense of responsibility to be able to help them and allow them to live a little more stress-free and be able to experience life in the way that I sometimes do, and I want to give that to them as well. Mm-hmm. That relationship with money and siblings is something that not a lot of people talk about. Yeah. So I want to ask you, like, what do you think your relationship with money and your brother, how, you know what I mean? What, um, what, what, what's there? You know, you initially, to... you know, I have the utmost respect for 
him going and, and doing that. I mean, he, you know, he served our country. He did what he had to do to help take care of the family. And for me, being able to see that drove me even more mm-hmm. in wanting to be the best I could be in basketball and eventually, hopefully, take care of my mom and him and just everybody. I want to play a clip. I'm sure you've heard this soundbite so many times. Um, It was a little tiny documentary. Um, Oh, yeah, with the Big Ten Network, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to play that back really quick. The bond that we have is very strong. Despite me only being 22 months older than Myers, I like to think of myself as somewhat of a fatherly figure to him. After our father passed away, me, Myers, and my mom, the three of us slept on the living room floor with uh, blankets and candles, no electricity, no water, no furniture. With hardship and getting through hardship, that only helps bring people closer together. Number one, thank thank the Lord that you stopped that because I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. I don't know if you, I mean, you obviously follow me on Twitter and everything. And I, I mean, I couldn't even hold it together when my wife was coming down the aisle. So it's good you stopped that. Just even hearing that. Yeah, it's tough. I get it. You know, I mean, when you're talking about money and family and the lengths that we will go to, that we put our lives on the line mm-hmm. to feed the people around us. I mean, that's a profound it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, uh, again, I mean, that's why I get choked up a little yeah. bit. I can remember the day my brother left to go to basic, I just went in my room and just bawled like for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes straight. Finally, my mom came in and was like, Myra, he's going to be fine and everything. So I don't know. I'm just wired different. Yeah. I don't know. Just the sense of family and responsibility. Yeah. I want to read this quote. It was Mm -hmm. was printed in 2012, I think, before the draft pick. This writer had said, quote, his heart would love to remain a college kid, stay a kid a little longer, as he says, but the responsibilities of his life, an ailing mother, a brother in Afghanistan, dictate a more mature path. When you heard your name called in the draft in 2012, did it all just crystallize in that moment? Was it a blur? What was that moment like for you when you sort of look back? It all came together in some sense Yeah. as far as I had literally gotten drafted to the NBA, which a lifelong dream. But in the back of my mind, I also knew to some extent that now I was able to take care of the people who would do anything and everything for me and have already done so many things for me. To be able to give back to them, that was the main emotion. I mean, that night was just incredible. You know, it was, um, you know, three, I have, four. like, goosebumps. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Just yeah. trying to imagine what that mo- mm-hmm. anyone. Yeah. It's like winning the lottery, you know, and it's suddenly your name is called, and you're like, whoa. Yeah. That's it. This is, this is the moment. It's before and after. That's it. It just, to be able to share things like, like, seeing the Statue of Liberty, going to L.A. I mean, there's so many things you want your loved ones to be able to do and enjoy the things that you have done. Yeah. Do you remember the first big paycheck that you you got? So this is the first moment of me realizing, whoa, I've I got a lot more money now than I ever did. I was on vacation right after I got drafted. Mm-hmm. They had given me a warning that you'll probably get like a, some advancement on your money. I didn't know what it, what the amount was going to be. And I, I had to run like grocery store or something, and I didn't think I had any money on my debit card. And so I called the bank, and I said, check account balance. And at first I thought it said eight something, 
I hung up and I replayed it and it was 108,000. And I was like, like blown away. So I'm, like, was, I'm dying. Yeah, you know I was what I mean? like I'm totally dying. blown away. That you went to go pay for something at a grocery store and you're like, oh, I, I better make sure my balance is good on this. Mm. And I remember telling my wife now, I hope I got some money here because I don't have any cash on me. She's like, oh, I don't have my wallet either. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully. And I said, I don't think I heard that right. Let me retry it. She's like, okay. And I looked at her and she was like, what? Are we good? Like, can we get whatever we were getting? And I was like, Elliot just told me I have $108,000 in my account. And naturally she's like, what? So yeah, that she's was, like, that I'll was take the moment. Three more of those band aid <laughs> yeah. um, boxes, please. <laughs> we'll put one in the car, one in our travel bag. Yeah. That, that must have been an awesome car ride home. Pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. You started to talk a little bit about kind of the NBA culture of of guys making money and then kind of making some mm-hmm. ill-advised ill-advised decisions, mm-hmm. impulsive decisions. Which I kind of am <laughs> impulsive, but luckily my wife kind of keeps me under wraps, and luckily I kind of have about? the roots. Just seeing something cool, like I'm like, luckily for me, built into the budget is the monthly budget is the Myers discretionary. Income fund. <laughs> so, and what is what usually falls under the Myers discretionary? Uh, for example, yeah. as soon as we made the discretionary thing, the very <laughs> the very next day was the first of the month. So my allotted amount for that month yeah. was whatever. Yeah. You can see it on the credit card transaction. I started like golf at that time, and I went right away, and I spent like ninety five percent of my monthly <laughs> discretionary on uh, a rangefinder. As if, I, if I'm really good enough to need that. Yeah. I don't know what that is, but that must have been a very expensive piece of equipment. Yeah. You talked a little bit about um, athletes being mm-hmm. sort of competitive and just competitive in nature. You sure. know, cause you, And that's a thing that I don't think people understand. Well, I'm getting it's ready like, to hit this question out of the park. Go ahead and finish because yeah. I know what you want me to get to. Oh, really? Yeah. I hate that you know. Uh-huh. I hate that you think you know. Oh, sure. Everyone's so, competitive. So if someone pulls up in a... 2013 Bentley, and the 2014 comes out. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and yeah. scratch that off the list. <laughs> it's an unspoken competitiveness. Yeah. Is that, know, is that Does that exist? I don't know if it's like, oh, he got the 13, so now the 14 yeah. just came out and I need it. But it's like you see guys pull up in a Ferrari or you go to L.A. and you see, you know, a Lambo and a, you know, a Maybach and all these nice cars. And you're like, man, you're just <laughs> yeah. like, dang, that's kind of cool. Or, you know, you really love fashion, really high-profile designers, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, you, you name it. Guys are seeing other guys wear belts and shoes and all this different stuff, and they're like, dang, I kind of need that. I'll admit it. It's happened to me before. You know, I I have a Louis bag, and I've got my wife a Louis bag before just because they were presents, yeah. but it's kind of just the way the NBA is. But yeah. luckily for me, I have the budget, and I can kind of keep it under wraps. Where guys get in trouble is as if – Let's say hypothetically a guy makes $50,000, and I've actually talked to my financial guy about this. They Let's say they help their parents and they give them 10000 mm-hmm. cash every month. Mm-hmm. So now they're down to 40000 and then they want to buy a really nice Louis bag, so that's 2500 and then they want to buy their wife something, so that's another 2500 Now all of a sudden you spent $15,000, let us say, in two days. Now you're down to $35,000. Mm-hmm. let us say that was their first check. I still see 35000 That's a lot of money. Yeah. But- when it continues, mm. it, it catches up because mm-hmm. you don't realize it. Mm. I don't think unless they have someone or they're just simply, you know, paying really close attention to it, can understand that over weeks and months and years of continual spending 
it adds up. And that's why guys are like, well, where the heck did all my money go? Mm-hmm. And also you have to realize that, I mean, you guys are all young. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like it, it's not only a mm-hmm. class jump that happens mm-hmm. overnight, but it happens when most of us are just trying to make decisions about like college courses. or Exactly. And I, I've seen it. So I know that it would be very easy to do if an individual was young. I mean, just didn't have the right people around them. And it's not like they're doing it maliciously. No. Of course, everyone, when they're young, wants to have a good time. So you're going to go out every now and then. And, you know, and you never had the opportunity. Like, ever did. Uh, that, so that, it's fun. That shows up yeah. in yesterday's clothes yeah. suddenly has a chance to be like, wow, I can yeah. treat you or yeah. I can take a plane somewhere. You're going to do that. Exactly. That's going to be hard to say no to. It's hard to say no to. Yeah. And it's hard to say no to family. It's yep. hard to say no to friends, yep. especially the people that have been there. Fear being maybe an element in driving money. What is your general emotion when it comes to spending? Like, are you the kind of person who spends and you're like, I'm happy I spent that? Are you like a guilty spender? Are you like a sneaky spender? Like, I'm just curious. I'm a little bit of everything. (laughs) Because luckily for me, I now have the discretionary. But before, I would want to get like some cool things. I'm not going to lie to you. Like a new pair of Beats headphones or for whatever reason, I really love my Jeep. Yeah. So, you know, I'd try to like sneak away and figure out a way to pay for something for my Jeep so Ellie wouldn't find out. Of course she'd find out. She always finds out everything. Every time you have a moment in which you think about what you spend, comes a mentality of, okay, I'm probably going to think about the ways I spend money more just because everyone wants to have fun money, as as they call it. Yeah. But the rich only stay rich by acting like they're poor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. You ever heard that one? No, I haven't. And my wife and I actually had one of the better conversations about future and giving back and family, et cetera, uh, two nights ago yeah, when we were Tell in me. L.A. Yeah. And we were sitting there talking about a foundation mm-hmm. and her being invested in that mm-hmm. as far as her time and really wanting to brainstorm ideas from me, from her, mm-hmm. from friends, from people we trust to figure out, you know, how do we want to give back? Mm-hmm. And we're both active people. So we're thinking, you know, youth and, and being active and having a healthy lifestyle mm-hmm. and then different things. I love animals. So mm-hmm. I keep telling her there's got to be something with animals in yeah. there. D- does saying no to your friends and family when it comes to money, does that change your relationship with them? Or have you seen it Ooh. change your relationship with them? Oh, you didn't see that one coming. No. that. Oh, I know. That's a deep question. I, I, I can only imagine it's, because. It's so hard. Because here, here, here's what happens. I mean, how do you even say that? It's it's so difficult. So we go through all the player meetings. You know, once mm-hmm. we get drafted, we go to rookie transition, and they talk to us about money, and they talk to us about gambling, and just everything. Yeah. And giving us kind of warning signs for people trying to take money from you. Like I remember sitting in a circle, and they're like, trust me, at some point, mm-hmm. your family, even though they love you, most of them have never been around money, mm. ever. Mm. And so even though they love you and – they want to take the shirt off their back and they've done so many things for you or your friends, they don't hesitate to ever like ask really. And that's not saying that's, that's the way my situation is, but I've had to tell friends, no, like I can't do it. Now this is an interesting game. I feel like you'd be open to it. I told you I'm open to anything. Yeah. So so question is what amount of money right now in your life? Oh boy. Yeah. I like where this is Uh going. Would you need to have Okay. Okay. We're going to put a number to it that you would be like, okay, that I'm comfortable with. That'll allow me whatever it is you want. Freedom, happiness, whatever your priorities are. All right. You're going to have to let me think here because my my wife and I have to some extent talked about it. Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So so we're basing this upon the fact that I'm a professional athlete. Of course. Okay. 
Oh, man. Let me just... You're going to have to give me about 15 more seconds. Let me think. Oh, no. Take your time. Take one time. Yeah. You know, if I asked you this from the get-go, not knowing your background, your history, the number wouldn't make a lot of sense. Sure, sure. Are you talking purely in the bank? Yeah. So, like, I'm done playing. How much is good enough yeah. to live the rest of my life? Yeah. So, based upon, I would... My average-ish... Yeah. Um of spending and even before I went and got into the NBA there was a number that this guy had and that I really trusted mm. again that had really told me he said Myers at seven million dollars in the bank mm-hmm. at an average return of about four mm-hmm. percent you're going to be able to spend I think it's 230 or 250 thousand dollars a year mm-hmm. like your money is making you money so yeah. all of a sudden you're just spending what your money's making you but you still have the seven million sitting there I truly think that I can play for a while yeah you know, just based upon the way the numbers are building up, yeah. from my wanting to mm-hmm. take care of my family, my wife, my kids, hopefully yeah. their kids, yep. I think that, oh boy, here comes the number. Yeah. Mm. I mean, $10 million is plenty. In the bank. In the bank. In the bank. In the bank. Yeah. That's it. Because like you said, someone had told you seven. Mm-hmm. And 250 that's nice. But here comes inflation, and here yeah, comes yeah, a yeah, lot of different things yeah. that really play into 10 it. 10 million. Yeah, sure. What personally makes you freak out when it comes to money? Mm. Not being able to take care of my family. Is it one of those things where overnight it goes away? Is it one of those things where you're always constantly thinking about, like, I may get injured? Or is that a constant kind of reel that's playing in your head? Like what? I wouldn't say it's from the negative side of things, though. Mm-hmm. I think, I, and I don't know that it's constant, but what I do know is that it is on my mind because those people that I love are always on my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping with this podcast and hoping, you know, with these conversations that people listening will half get to know you and your story and get your personality through this conversation with mm-hmm. money. But the other half is I want them to really walk away with like, huh, I could probably do that in my life. So... How do you as a 23-year-old and as a professional athlete Mm. start to prepare for retirement? Or does that conversation come sooner than later? Because as a 23-year-old, I certainly wasn't thinking about retirement. Is that something as an athlete? Are you planning for that? Can you kind of walk me through that process? I have right now a a long-term financial plan based upon inflation and what contracts look like for average players in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And if NBA doesn't work out, what will happen? It's art. I mean, it's planned. I have it. Yeah. And so the thought of planning for the future and longevity and everything like that is absolutely a thing that is real in my life because the planning and the understanding and having the right people around you to give you guidance as to what they've been through, what they've seen, and what I need to do to set myself up and set my family up and my friends and everybody. Do you think about what you will be doing in the second half of your life? I uh, I do think about it because a lot of guys, especially professional athletes, kind of don't know which direction to go. Yeah. But as time goes on, you can lose the ability to make more relationships. You know, all of a sudden you meet someone that that's just a really good friend that gives you some advice. There's a lot of things that go into the entire thought process of that. What is the best thing that your money has bought you? And that could be an object, it could be a service, it could be oh, wow. it could be anything. But looking back on a very short time that you've had money, by the way, relative to how long sure. you've been alive, looking back, what are you the most happiest about, proudest about, whatever that ultimate emotion is for you? 
What is that thing? Probably buy my mom a house and redoing the entire thing. It's one floor. She has a bad back, so it worked out perfect. That way she didn't climb stairs and everything. But I totally revamped, I mean, everything outside, inside. And she just gets to sit out there and relax. So that, to me, is like, I'm just so thankful. Okay, fill in the blank of some of these when it comes to money. Take your first paycheck and... I would say, number one, evaluate the situation that you're currently in. Number two, pay 100% necessities, bills. Mm -hmm. You can take 15% of it and spend it on whatever you want Uh and put the rest in the bank. That's a nice, like, rough outline of how one should budget, you feel like. That seems, yeah. That was totally, like made up and random. I'd have to actually think about the numbers and yeah. the percentages. But I love that you have like a five point like, okay, look on this chart, this pie graph here. You know <laughs> what I mean? I thought you were just going to be like, and don't spend it all. But you're like, point A, inflation in 2000. I love that. Well, here's the thing. It's your first check. So you should be able to get something you really want. Yeah. But you also don't know need if it's to your last dang sure, You don't know if it's your last <laughs> paycheck. And you mean to make dang sure you pay your bills. Yeah. And then you need to put the rest of it and save it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No matter how much or little money I have, I will always... Figure out a way to take care of my family. Yeah. I I figured you'd say that. So, never... That's it? Mm -hmm. When it comes to money? Mm Mm-hmm. Ooh, wow. Never make a irrational, compulsive financial decision... Mm -hmm. Without first researching what it is and talking it over with your closest friends, family, wife. Who is that? That's okay. We're, we're nearing the end. That's Chris Kamen, my good buddy oh, from okay. the Blazers. Do you uh, know his name? Mm, Dang. I mean, this guy's made like $80 million. Yeah. Oh. Oh. You should probably pick that call up. You <laughs> should probably tell him that you're talking about money. You want me to? Yeah. Tell him what we're talking about. See what he says. Oh, ask him. Ask Hopefully him. Hey, <laughs> Kevin, don't say anything crazy. I'm doing a podcast right now, and please don't say anything crazy. Like, they can literally hear you. They wanted to uh, – I told them that you've been a very successful basketball player, and they've been asking me about money and saving money and everything. And so they told me to answer the phone. Is there something you want to ask Yeah, me? no. Can I ask you a question? Are you, are you open? I, I don't care. I, I'm losing signal. I'm losing signal. <laughs> He'll answer it. I'll just ask you a very general one. What do you think is the best advice you got from anyone when it comes to money? Save first, spend later. And is that something you've you've followed in your life? Well, not really. Unfortunately, like Myers, I didn't learn that until later on in life. Well, thank you so much. No worries. Have a good one, Myers. Yeah, we'll see you, Cayman. I just want to say I was a bit nervous. I mean, you were so generous with your time. Was that easy to get along with? So easy to get along with. And so, I think, just incredibly open, which mm-hmm. which I wasn't sure, you know, because, listen, you're in the public eye. You, you should have guards up. You know, I get it. Mm. But you really kind of let me ask whatever I wanted mm-hmm. to. So thank you for your time. No, thank you. And it was, I had fun. I really yeah. did. It was a good conversation. I think it's so fascinating um, to talk to someone with that kind of experience with money. I mean, there was just no guard up. 
I did not expect that, given that he is, you know, a pro ball player, given that he has made headlines and his salary is up in the millions. I mean, he got really not only honest, but detailed about his finances. Someone with his background, having gone through the hardships, could easily walk out of that with a big chip on their shoulder. But Myers walked out of it with something completely different. It created such an openness in him and an ability to see kindness and generosity in the people around him. So that was just a pleasure to talk about money with someone who has that mentality. From all of us here at Open Account, that's it for this episode. The folks at Umqua and I are excited to bring you the next episode featuring comedian and New York Times bestseller, Baratunde Thurston. Be sure to subscribe to Open Account on iTunes and check out The Seed in the Moon, a short film by Kibwe Tavares, and follow more stories of growth at madetogrow.com.